everyone. Welcome back to In The Vitrine. My name is Nadia. And this is Danny. And today we are going to be talking about what we've been up to in the past few months, in the months of absence from the, the podcast, from the podcast. Uh, so I thought we would start by wishing everyone happy year of the ox. Yay! Hey, That's your year, right? This is my year. Yeah, this is my year. year so I'm, I'm turning 36 this year. Yeah. That's my age, if you didn't know already. That's my age. <laughs> and... Yeah, so I don't know whether it feels special. I guess it does. It's not going to come around again for another 12 years. So I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. I always whatever that the lunar calendar makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, on certain parts of the world, because you start the year in spring instead of in the middle of winter. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think it just feels better. Like you kind of really usher it in with like, you know, all these festivities and then the sun is always shining on the first day of the Chinese, of the Lunar New Year. So that's always nice. And usually um, in the past, people would also buy new clothes for a new year. But yeah. I mean, these this traditions have changed and the way that we use wardrobes are a bit different. Yeah, especially this year, right? Because we couldn't even go visiting as we would before. Um, Because there was an, I think in Singapore, there's like a maximum of eight people who can visit anyone's home at any one time. And then for the Lunar New Year period, you could only receive two groups of eight people per day. Yeah, something like that. No, so one, not, one group. Oh, one. Okay, gosh, I'm not caught up with like all these rules. Uh, I just took the, the children to stay at Jewel. <laughs> oh, wow. For like the, the Lunar New Year. Yeah, so we we missed all that. And I don't know why I went to collect like um rate packet money as well, like fresh notes for rate packet money because in the end, I don't feel like I distributed much. So it was sort of like a non And, and now year. people are doing digital angpaos also. I don't like that. I mean, I know it's more sustainable, uh, in terms of like printing money and that not being great, but I, I don't like it. It just doesn't feel real. <laughs> okay, but on to other things. Um, so I, I recently sent Danny uh, an article, which I thought was like truth telling. It was uh, titled Pandemic Dressing Takes a Dark Turn in the New York Times. And it was written by Rehan Hermansi. It was published in January this year. And I really resonated with like what um, he wrote about. He said, I don't know if it's a he or she actually. Okay, because um, I, I have a Rehan in one of my classes and he's a he. But then when I read this, I thought it was written by a she. So I'm not sure. Okay, but this writer talked about how there are things that we hate wear. Mm. And gosh, I definitely hate wear some things. Um, so, you know, there are some things in your wardrobe that you bought thinking like, okay, it's going to look great because it looked great on a model online. And then you end up wearing it, um, but like not liking the fit, not liking the comfort, or it could be the opposite, right? That like, it's super comfortable, but you really don't like how it looks on you. Mm. And then it's sort of like just a very natural kind of extension of your hand to take it and put it on, but then somehow it just doesn't make you feel good. Do you have that, Danny? Yeah, I totally have that. I have things that, honestly, I like, I, I live near to school, so Sometimes when I'm wearing them, I'm just hoping none of my students see me because I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be a fashion lecturer. <laughs> and then I'm- I feel that so hard because I've been living near school for many years now, as you know, and I'm always concerned. <laughs> 
Like, and then I have to be hyper vigilant and like look out the corners of my eye, right? <laughs> and see like, is there anyone nearby who could judge me for what I'm wearing? Um, so yeah, I think we end up in this, um, I don't know, this rut of wearing the same thing over and over again. And I feel that keenly with my pajamas, especially. So I've been trying to up my pajamas game. I think we talked about this in one episode, actually, you know, where I tried to buy nice pajamas and wear them, but I just don't think they're that comfortable. And I, I simply like to wear oversized t-shirts that become <laughs> like raggedy very quickly. Um, but then somehow I just reach for them and then I don't feel my best. And I wonder whether like my husband finds me attractive. Um, but I think these are all just very normal insecurities and I'm sure uh, I hope that he doesn't even notice I I bought something recently which is like um, like a really nice night dress and it looks beautiful but it's a bit scratchy I don't like that yeah it's quite interesting like if you look at 1970s for example paper patterns or like you know um, 1970s ads like the the house coats like women would wear house coats and um, some of them are, can be quite fitted or you know really beautiful but you think you wonder whether that is really the reality of what housewives yeah. were wearing or they just had this big butterfly top dress <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, I mean I think also when um, the new year began you know you, you in spite of yourself you think of like resolutions and you think of things and habits that you want to change so I was thinking to myself like okay I'm going to try to you know, buy things that I really enjoy wearing. So I was, you know, going down that path and feeling really good about myself. And then I accidentally burnt myself with my hair curler. Okay, so I've been, okay, as part of my new look, I've been trying to curl my hair. I think you've, you must have noticed in the past couple of months since we've been um, back teaching. But uh, one day I was distracted and I just dropped the hair curler and it burned part of my chest in this really unsightly, like oblong shape and I'm so sad about it because I was just beginning to feel like you know I want to uh, be more daring my wearing maybe show more cleavage and things like that you know and now that's like shot so like, uh, like dressing the wound dressing the uh, oh yeah it's like exactly dressing the wound in two ways right like literally dressing the wound so that it doesn't I don't know it, it heals properly and then dressing the wound in a sense that whatever decisions I make with my dressing I have to be careful about like not disturbing it or not um, getting in the way of a healing process but also not looking ugly to the world or not like eliciting questions from people like what happened to your chest and you know when I went to the doctor about this because he was weeping a bit the doctor actually laughed at me he was like, oh, what happened? And then I was like, oh, I, I was curling my hair and I dropped the curler. And he right out laughed at me. And I was like, yeah, it was pretty stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's not that common. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I mean, it happened. And it's not the first time it's happened because I, I did it once on my neck, if you remember, like, I don't know, a year or two ago. Yeah, so it's really horrible. I should be more careful. Um, so there you have it. So I've now been dressing for the wound. And I'm so hoping that like it doesn't scar. I mean, it's too early to tell, right? So I'm like putting on scar gel and it's really made me think about appearance and like how one's mood and, you know, one's identity is also tied with things of your body that you want to hide or you need to hide. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's kind of put me um, in that frame of mind. But I've also tried to be optimistic about it. So I'm trying to be thinking about how, like, okay, how do I reduce this scar? Like, how can I actively participate in this process of healing? And maybe in a year's time, it will just have gone away and I will feel so much more appreci appreciative of um, the body that I have. 
and yeah. it's miraculous healing properties and then i will like show it off to everyone <laughs> but it, yeah it's this uh, it it makes it very real whatever we teach in fashion theory about the purpose of dress and how it conceals and it reveals and it can be physical attributes as well as like more like um things that are not really seen but are more about identity yeah definitely you know and then it has made me also think about how sometimes you dress in things i mean with regard to this hate wearing i mean i'm sure also in our life we have one uniforms or things that we don't want to wear that it feels like horrible scratchy like really discom uh, real discomfort but it could also be discomfort in a sense that it doesn't feel like us but then we're made to wear it um so yeah definitely so, this so has how been... do you make how do you soften the the harshness of this inflicted structure. Yeah, or this inflicted wound, even if it's self-inflicted, damn it. <laughs> Why haven't they make curlers with like safety guns? I need them. <laughs> okay, but anyway, I am I'm intrigued by how my my skin is going to change in color and, and whatnot um, in the next few months. Uh, the doctor has every hope that within six to seven months it should fade away. So I am very excited about that. <laughs> well, um, I also um, I was sharing with you about this book that I recently got yeah. which also has to do with a woman's wardrobe mm -hmm. and I've just been generally trying to buy more physical books um, recently um, and then I came across this book um, on in Kinokuniya it's called Sarah Berman's Wardrobe mm -hmm. and it's by Myra Kalman and Alex Kalman, and they are actually the founders of this tiny museum in New York called MMM Museum, okay. which is situated like in a lift. So it's a really like hole in the wall. It's very interesting, and and so this book is it's really well, like nicely illustrated. It's the story of Sarah Berman, who is the mother, um, and she grew up in Belarus, and then she moved to. Um, to Palestine, and there's all these amazing illustrations um, and, and little stories in it. And then when she was 60 years old, she divorced her husband. 60, gosh. And she cut him out of all the pictures. Well, I don't know if she did that or whether the children did. They, yeah, did that for, for impact. And what was interesting is that she moved back to New York because they had gone back to Palestine and she rented this tiny apartment in, in, I think, Greenwich, which is like this bohemian area in New York. And she just lived there by herself. And what was really cool too, is that to, to kind of show this new life that she was embarking on, she only wore white. Like Amazing. from undergarments to, to every, everything, everything was like white linens, white, white, white. Um, or cream the cleansing yeah and then she kind of organized her closet in this like super curated way so her um the child this is the m museum and that's the first iteration of the museum of the sarah berman's closet so they literally when she passed away they um exhibited her closet um in their museum and then the mat actually kind of also showed it in there so it came, it became Sarah Berman's closet became kind of like a symbol of like that you're able to take control of any situation mm -hmm. at any time in your life. So it's got lots of positivity and um, 
yeah, as they say, it's a small and monumental story. So it was really oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a love letter from the children to their mother as well. Yeah. And they noticed this and they celebrated her life or her new life at 60. Yeah. And I love also that as we're starting to think in fashion more about different experiences, we also consider like older women and different life experiences yeah. and how they affect our wardrobes. And the stories they can tell through that. Yeah. To themselves and to the world. Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be celebrities or like really expensive wardrobes. It's like the everyday. Definitely. Well, on that note, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of In The Vitrine. It's our 54th episode. And from now on, yeah, from now on, we'll be back with a new episode every two weeks. Yes. So stay tuned for the next one. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Thank you. Bye.